0: everyone. It's Chloe, and I'm so excited to share something fabulous with you, Vogue's first ever global fashion community, Vogue Club. Our members get to mingle with Vogue editors, yes, including me, and fellow fashion enthusiasts at exclusive events around the world. And that's just the start. Membership opens doors to the fashion industry, bringing you expert career advice and insider style and beauty tips. What are you waiting for? Head over to Vogue.com membership to join, and here's a little treat. Use code TRT20 and snag 20% off your membership. That's TRT20 for 20% off your ticket to Vogue Club. Are you in? This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Are you driving your car or doing laundry right now? Podcasts go best when they're bundled with another activity. Like Progressive home and auto policies, they're best when they're bundled too. Having these two policies together makes insurance easier and could help you save. Customers who save by switching their home and car insurance to Progressive save nearly $800 on average. Quote a home and car bundle today at progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Welcome to the Run Through with Vogue. I'm Chloe Mal and I'm Charmonardi. We are exactly one week away from Thanksgiving, and as many of us pack up to go spend time with our families, for better or for worse, we have a very moving family story to share with you today.
1: But first, our favorite headlines this week.
0: So I spent all weekend watching The Crown, which the new... Such a slog. Yeah, it's season five. It's the early 90s. It's when the monarchy sort of is having one of its darkest moments, and it feels like a a long grind through a rainy day. But I'm there. I'm, I'm there for it, and I'm, I'm doing the work, and I feel like it's worthwhile. I mean, I would say spoiler alert, but you should know your history, so I don't care. Um, we really are watching the downfall of multiple marriages, most notably Prince Charles and Princess Diana. I also, I know that Michelle Ruiz did a very Good piece about this. Book.com. It's like Dominic West is too handsome to play Prince Charles, and I think it' way too hot. Had got a lot of traffic because we are not the only ones who think this, and it's true. I feel like Josh O'Connor was so good at inhabiting this sort of uncomfortable eorness of mm. Prince Charles, and Dominic West is
1: just has he's too much swagger, way too much swagger, way too much charm, just way too much of everything. <laughs> so yeah, they needed they needed a different casting. I thought Elizabeth Debicki was kind of perfect I mean watching her in that revenge dress and that was incredible Wait, I'm not there yet you're not there yet no I'm only four in I'm so sorry okay well, <laughs> well let's backtrack I will say that my favorite episode so far has been the episode like that goes into Muhammad Fayed's Oh, history. I just
0: watched that the crown has done this like maybe once or twice a season every season where they do this sort of mini self-contained narrative in a single episode. And it's always, I think Peter Morgan is so smart at that because mm. if you think about just the the breadth of the stories that could be told around this subject, the choice of what to include and what not to include is the most important thing that Peter Morgan's doing. So I thought that that was a really unexpected, thoughtful, and and very engaging way to dive
1: into that. Which I thought was was really fascinating yeah. and stood As an episode that you could watch by itself and not have to watch the other dreary content. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I was so happy to be, like, moved to Egypt. I was like, oh, thank God. I know. Just something else. Get me out of Scotland. Yeah, get me out of Balmoral, please. (laughs) Like, help.
0: (laughs) Well, you know who won't be watching The Crown this weekend is David Beckham because he will be at the World Cup in Qatar, which is of great debate and derision. Because Qatar has a abominable record on human rights, workers' rights, gay rights, and many people are boycotting the World Cup, furious at people who are not doing so. It's caused quite a lot of controversy for FIFA, the uh, football, the
1: International Football Federation. Is that what it stands for? I'm hearing that his status as a gay icon is about to be shredded. That was that was that was the word from CNN.
0: I mean, I do feel like that's like a very uh, fashion media take on the World Cup. Like, my husband is a huge soccer fan.
1: He's like, what are you talking about? No one cares about David Beckham. He's not even playing. And I was like, we care. He's officially an ambassador of the Qatar World Cup. I mean, it's it's not nothing. I
0: know. But if he's not on the field, there's an argument that we don't really care.
1: Right. I mean, I've heard some players are going to um, kind of make a statement by wearing... You know, rainbow-colored armbands. I mean, let's be fair. And I think the fashion world isn't off the hook for this either. I mean, there was a huge event a couple of weeks ago in in Qatar. It was called Qatar Creates, I think. And, you know, there was this big opening at the Museum of Islamic Art. And a bunch of fashion people were there, you know. Yeah. Editors, stylists, I mean, I opened
0: my Instagram and it was just the desert for days. Yeah. I was like, what is happening? These people are usually... At a dinner at Bergdorf's. (laughs) Frankly, I was shocked that uh, Mayor Adams wasn't there.
1: (laughs) So, this week was basically the auction of the century. It was an intersection of fashion and literary people. You know, Joan Didion's personal personal artifacts artifacts, um, were auctioned off. And it was, you know, eye opening to see. Some of the things that sold and how much they sold for, for example, you know, everyone is talking about those Celine glasses and they sold for $27,000. There were Bottega ones, but they did not sell as much, uh, but she is known for those Celine ones. It's
0: really horrifying because there has been sort of this distillation of Joan Didion in the Instagram culture where she's just sort of been boiled down into this uh, signifier of, of chic and sort of... Uh, restraint and resolve, and I feel like people who are Instagramming their recent purchases from the Rose sample sale are also Instagramming, like, their (laughs) 1980 copy of the White Album. So there's sort of this unfortunate uh, evolution of Joan Didion's uh, reputation, and in a way, this sale kind of solidified that, and the fact that the Celine sunglasses that she wore in the 2015 ad which are probably cost $350 that they sold for 27,000.
1: Right. But something that you're going to like lose on the beach. But just to put this into context, Steve Jobs is really like crumbled looking Birkenstock sold for over two hundred thousand dollars this week on auction. Yeah, but there I mean that
0: is just insane. Like, and also that's, <laughs> that's disgusting. Like, I know. at least sunglasses you
1: wipe them down; they're clean. But do you think people buy them to wear them? I know. No. I mean, th- it's like a it's a religious relic. It's, right. I mean, this is not. They put like, them in a case, or what happens to them? Are they in a safe?
0: I hope if you're paying two hundred k for something, you're putting them in a case. Yeah, but. Like it's this is not like the Christie's Paul Allen master works by master painters sale. This is people. I mean, the woman at Stair Galleries that did the Joan Didion auction. She said that people were calling to say, "I can't afford anything." But how much would a single paperclip be?
1: Wow! Like
0: there was a, a lot that had been organized coat, but there, there was a lot that was organized that looked like the bargain bin of Staples. It was like <laughs> an old like uh, legal pad and a bunch of old you know binder clips, and it sold for four thousand dollars. Wow. And you're just like people are just I I don't know different strokes for different folks yeah.
1: <laughs> so newsflash, okay, Balenciaga has left. wheel. do I care? I think you should care. I mean, I think it it, it sort of raises the question: Will other fashion brands follow? Will other fashion people follow? Will is we this see, like the beginning? Is this the beginning of, of like a mass Twitter a mass, exodus? Uh, yes, you never know. I mean, I think it's good. I mean, I think Elon Musk is, is has made a mess of it so far. Okay, and, so what? Well, what will this augur for
0: other fashion companies going forward? And what about like individuals? What about fashion influencers? Exactly. and Exactly. Journalists, et cetera.
1: I mean, it does help that, you know, Twitter isn't particularly a fashion. <laughs> well, that's true. Word like, space. Yeah. You know, it's not a visual space. So, you know, I think Instagram sort of holds that yeah. along with, you know, TikTok for Gen Z.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I still think it's meaningful and I still think it's something to watch. Okay. All right. You can watch it. I'll keep watch me it. I'll keep, I'm disabling my Twitter I, I account, Twitter so I won't be able five years, to. So. I rarely use it. I rarely use it. I'm not a big tweeter. No. Okay, so after the break, we have two interviews, one with supermodel Natalia Vodianova and her long-lost sister, and one with Black Panther star Michaela Cole.
0: Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? Maybe a chef-grade range made you want to hone your cooking skills or a high-tech tennis racket made you want to work on your backhand. I recently bought a new pair of running shoes and that made me love hitting the pavement again. Well, when we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and a luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. This podcast is supported by Macy's. Mother's Day is May 12th, and Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Shop by price, 25 and under to 100 and under. Category, like fragrances and handbags. Or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything or for grandma. Macy's has all the hottest gift ideas, like Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, Samsung smart TVs, and more. Go to macy's.com slash giftfinder to shop. That's macy's.com slash gift finder today. Fair warning to our listeners. Our first interview is a bit of a tearjerker.
1: Yes, that's right. We spoke with supermodel Natalia Vodianova and her sister Jenna. But honestly, it wasn't until recently that the two had even met.
0: Natalia and her sister were separated shortly
1: after Jenna's birth. A few years after this separation, Natalia's modeling career blew up. She was signed as a model in Paris at the age of 17.
0: Yeah, but she spent her early life in Central Russia, which she describes as very bleak. Uh, She even helped support the family when she was 11 years old by selling apples on the side of the road.
1: Mm, And Natalia was raised by a single mother. So when her mother became pregnant with her fourth child, she had to make a really difficult choice.
0: Natalia was 15 at the time and was old enough to vividly remember the decision to give up baby number four for adoption. Do you have a, a memory of the last time you saw her or what it was like leaving
2: her? Yes, and it was in a hospital, and I wasn't allowed to pick her up, so I just put my hand through the the baby bed to to just because I wanted to touch her and and she just grabbed my finger mm. um, and then uh you know of course i I was crying my eyes out and and we stayed like this for as long as I could. And, you know, in that, in that moment, I uh, kind of quite stupidly made a promise that we'll see each other again. Mm. So it was really, really hard to live with. Oh.
1: The baby was named Marsha at birth. She is now Jenna Burns. Jenna was adopted by an American couple who couldn't have children of their own. Jenna says she had a
0: very happy all-American childhood and she never thought there would be a chance to meet her biological family, but at annual checkups with her doctor, she never knew how to fill out the medical history, and
1: she subscribed to a DNA app. Natalia and her sister Jenna join us from Paris and North Carolina.
3: From what I knew about the circumstances I was born into, I didn't expect to find any family. I didn't even know if they were alive. You know, I got my test results back and I, I was healthy. And then uh, there she was. So I didn't know who she was before the test. You know, I just Googled her name and I didn't even think it was her. I was like, oh, that's so funny. It's such a coincidence. There's someone out of the same name.
1: <laughs> so what did you do next? Nothing.
3: <laughs> Nothing. And <laughs> all of my research about her you know, it sounds quite creepy, but I did look into her a lot. I knew that no one knew I existed. You know, she she had quite a public life and I wasn't part of it at the time. So I wasn't, I wasn't sure if she was interested in a relationship. So I really didn't do anything. I didn't tell anyone. I, I think I told like the guy I was dating at the time and then like two of my friends. I think a couple of weeks went by where I was knowing this information and I just like I typed up a message. I didn't tell anyone I was planning on messaging her. It was kind of a last second decision. I was sitting in my room at like two o'clock in the morning and just couldn't sleep. And so I just, you know, pulled up my phone and sent her a message and I wasn't sure if she would respond. I mean, what did the message say? Uh, Yeah, I'll, I'll read it. I got it pulled up on my phone. So I said, Uh, Hi, my name is Jennifer Burns, and I was born in Nizhny Novgorod in 1999 under the name that, you know, that I was given. According to this DNA site, you could be my aunt or half-sister. I said, after doing a bit of research, I figured that you are possibly the famous model with the same name. Whether or not this is true, I want to emphasize that I'm not trying to disrupt your personal life by contacting you. I'm perfectly content in simply knowing that you are alive and well. Feel free to contact me again. However, if you are not interested in a relationship, I understand. This is all very new for me as well. I did not expect to find any close family members when taking this test. Assuming you knew of my existence and have possibly wondered about me, as I have with my biological family, I'll just leave you with the knowledge that I'm happy and doing well, and I hope the same for you.
1: Wow. Wow. I'm getting goosebumps just hearing you read it.
2: You can imagine my state when I read this, but I did not read this for two years. By the way, it's something that those emails, you know, they come every week. There is a, you have a new biological, Relative. like 50 new relatives. Yeah. And every week you receive this. And so, of course, when I first did this test, which was in 2018, so just a year before Jenna did it, Wow, you know, the first few months I was jumping at all these messages and sort of like, uh, and then you know, you are zero point zero four percent related or zero point five percent related. It's your fifth cousin, your sixth cousins. You know, at some point I'm like, who are you kidding? I mean, why would she be doing this test? It just it just was too painful. So I I just stopped, and the reason why I even Saw this message because our sister Christina did it. Even when she saw Jennifer appear on the site as a sibling, she thought that it was my somehow my fake identity on the site. So she sent me a message. She said, Is that you? And uh, and of course I straight away realized that it was. Jenna. I mean, I say Jenna, but Jenna was not Jenna. <laughs> Jenna to me is now, yeah. but... And what did you write her?
0: How did you respond when you finally saw it two years later?
2: I said that I'm in, just gutted and devastated that I'm just seeing this now and uh, cannot believe that this is happening and that I'm, I've been waiting for this moment uh, since the moment we said goodbye and I didn't see a letter from her for a couple of years. Will it take (laughs) her a couple of years to see a letter from me? I was frantic. I was just frantically Googling all Jennifer Burns's in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Jenna, what was your
0: experience? Will you flip back to your side of receiving that message?
3: I opened all of my emails and it was like 10 or 15 messages between, you know, the two of my sisters (laughs) and... (laughs) I was sitting there in the car like in in complete shock and my my friend was like you know what's wrong is everything okay and I just like handed her my phone <laughs> She was one of the only people who actually knew who my sister was, and, and so we both freaked out
0: together. Oh my god! Could you read one or two of those messages? Do you
3: have them? I mean, Natalia, do you mind me reading them? No, I don't mind. Of course, you said it. It was it was kind of it was quite funny uh, because you know they were they were so frantic. I I could tell them <laughs> like say a lot of things in a short period of time, but um could tell she was typing very fast there's a lot of misspelled words <laughs> 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 a lot of exclamation points um, she she basically you know said hello I just got your message you know you can't imagine what this means to me I've, I've been looking for you for so long you know I'm very overwhelmed I'm crying rivers I have so much to tell you so many hugs to give you so happy like Aww and then at the end she said i hope it doesn't take you 2 years to read this
1: <laughs> so you two planned a trip to meet each other what do you remember about it
3: i just remember it seems like it happened in slow motion because we were standing there getting our luggage and i turned around and and she was like there on the other side of like i couldn't hug her
2: yet because there was this big glass like viewing area yes we we were we we were very impatient so we went where you can see you can see all the people getting their luggages and we were looking and finally so they, they were walking out just as i see her she's turning around and she sees me and she's like ah!
3: <laughs> <laughs> you know she was smiling and waving and i just i looked like i had seen a ghost i was pale i was sweating i was doing so unwell. <laughs> and, but, you know, walked around the corner and she was there and she just like, you know, held her arms open and I just walked into them and then we, you know, hugged and cried on each other's shoulders. It was great.
2: Wow. And release all the, yes, yeah. yeah, so all this yeah. tension that built up over years, many, many years. Yeah. So it was great. We went to South of France. Got drunk together, danced together, traveled a bit together, got to dress up together, went to museums and had fun in Paris. And definitely, all this was with, with a lot of a lot of hugs.
0: Jenna, do you have any memories from Paris that that really stick out from that trip?
3: You know, the big three introductions—the first time I met. Her, the first time I met Christina, and the first time I met our mom, all are very, like, significant memories.
0: And Jenna, can you tell us about meeting your, your birth mother and, and just a little bit what that, I can't imagine what that experience must be like.
3: It was not at all like meeting either of my sisters. It was a very, like, private and intimate introduction. I was sitting on your back patio facing away from the door and I just turned around and she was there. Uh, we, we couldn't understand each other. I didn't know any Russian and she didn't know much English, but there was a very like intimate moment, lots of hugs. I just, I feel like I was like <laughs> in shock. Yeah. It was, it was beautiful, but also like really scary. I, I just remember being nervous
2: and like, Oh man, what, what if she doesn't like me? Oh she was crying a lot, a um, mom, and 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 it was different for her because we, Jenna and I, we got to know each other. We were communicating all the time. We were we speak the same language. She doesn't speak English, so for her, there's so much. Of course, she wanted to tell Jenna that she couldn't mm. tell her, and I think that it was all in that emotional in in, in that hug, in those tears and that hand-holding and and I underestimated what it really meant to her as well. I really underestimated what a release she had, finding her and knowing that she's well and that everything is worked out the way we hoped and I actually since we got the news and since this year she just blossomed Mm. she's been walking on clouds lately she just says i'm so happy i'm so grateful life is so good has this changed your
0: concept of family and sort of the way family comes together and the way you think about family
2: it's really strange now that jenna is back in in our lives i don't i i don't feel like she was ever not there like it's, it's sort of almost like a, now a bad dream, so it's yeah, for me, it's, it didn't not, not much has changed, but I imagine it's very different for Jenna because she didn't know I existed and she didn't remember me.
3: To me, the more people that are added, the more blessed I feel, in a way, especially, you know,: You know, my sister's not thinking there would ever be a possibility of this happening. I do know other adopted children and I don't know anyone that this has happened to. Wow. I definitely consider myself to be very fortunate, you know, so, so fortunate that my family is so supportive and, you know, wants to be part of this, uh, this as well. And just that I'm, you know, very, very lucky.
2: We are, but we we have to, we we do have a, an issue of managing holidays. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. What happens, Jenna? Jenna is going to be so in demand <laughs> this <laughs> this Christmas.
0: <laughs> this has been
1: amazing, and it's been truly amazing. We feel
0: so grateful to you both for taking the time and the emotional effort to to share this with us it's it's such a remarkable story and i'm just
1: so thrilled to hear about this it's it's unbelievable truly remarkable thank you both so much for sharing that with us
2: thank you so much for being great uh, listeners and and giving us the space to express this joy thank you yes thank you very much ooh
0: and Amy Leibovitz actually photographed Natalia and Jenna together, and the image is really beautiful and powerful, and I encourage everyone to go to Vogue.com and check it out.
1: Yeah, it's, it's it's really beautiful. And if you'd like to know even more about their remarkable story, our colleague Hamish Bowles wrote a fantastic piece for the magazine that's also on Vogue.com.
0: Get balanced or thrive trying. My name is Les and I'm the host of Balanced Black Girl, a podcast dedicated to helping you feel your best. Join me for casual conversations about what it means to live a well-rounded life. I cover everything from how to make friends as an adult to how to create a workout routine that works for you to how to practice better financial wellness. Tune in for approachable conversations with wellness thought leaders and inspiring guests, as well as intimate solo chats with me for relatable advice. Follow wherever you get your podcasts and look out for new episodes every Tuesday. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply.
1: Chom, I want to hear about your interview with Michaela Cole. No, it was so much fun. You know, she... She was actually in town, so we did it, you know, she came into the studio and she's she's so much more of a podcast pro than I am. When she got to the studio,
4: she she wanted us both to wear
1: headphones. (laughs) Is it these? I don't know if we need to okay, maybe it's weird.
4: I like it. I think I like it. Yeah. It's been a while since I've done a a podcast. It feels oh,
1: it feels different when
4: you're it does. It
1: feels nice.
4: Yeah. (laughs) 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 So
1: cute. You know, I feel so lucky because I got to spend so much time with her this year, yeah,
0: Choma wrote the amazing cover story on Michaela for our November issue, and you got to go to Ghana with her,
1: yeah, it was amazing. i I got to go to Accra. We shot oh my God. we shot all across the city At one point, we were on the beach, and there were, you know, riders on horseback surrounding us. It was oh, really the photos special. are
0: spectacular. Everyone should go to vogue dot com to see them if you haven't because. They are just a magical mystery tour of life across Accra. It is incredible to see who it was Ib Kamara who
1: styled them and Kamara and Malik Bodian shot the images incredible yeah, it was really it was it was really special and um we talked a bit about the shoot and why she wanted to be in Ghana, and it's funny because I realized I never knew why she wanted to do the shoot in Ghana, so
4: I asked her whenever i'm asked i always say Ghana because I'm passionate about bringing work there, about working there, because I want people to know how possible it is to create amazing things there. And my dad is always, um, you know, oh, and he's in the shoot. Yeah, Yeah, I'm like writing. And and your grandma. And my grandma, yeah. (laughs) And so when I'm writing and I say, oh, yeah, it's set in Ghana, my dad's always like, ah, why? Why? Why not America? <laughs> Go where the money—the money is there. What are you doing? But I—I I want even just for my dad. If it's for my dad alone to understand that we can create amazing things in Ghana, then that's my mission, and that's why I said uh, Ghana. Yeah. What, what did Dad and Grandma think of the pictures? They look pretty amazing. So proud. My dad is like the whole of es- no. In fact, what my dad actually said is, most of Eskuma are proud of you. And <laughs> What? Why most? I'm like, most. I'm like, do I dissect that, Dad? Like, <laughs> what does that mean? Like, who else have you spoken to that has some critique about our choices? But, um, he's generally very proud. Just to hear, like, my cousins who are like, wait, why is Uncle in vogue? Why is Grandma in vogue? What's happening? Everybody's heads are spinning. But my dad loves it. My grandma just. Um, adores it I'm trying to get it printed out for her so that she can stick it up in her house and gaze at her beautiful self
1: yeah that has to be framed that's yeah. a good holiday gift I'm feeling that for the holidays that's oh my
4: god that's a very good point yeah it's a holiday gift it's a uh, you know get small versions for the Christmas cards just keep <laughs> it's the gift that keeps on giving
1: it is the gift that keeps on giving and it was such a gift to go with you there were some hair raising moments I must say I watched Michaela shut down traffic. You were skating in the middle of the street. I mean, but people do. I mean, in Ghana, I've seen... Yes. We saw people skating in the middle of the streets. It's like a thing.
4: It really is. I was just having so much fun. Yeah. Chilled. At one point, there was... I'd be in the truck and I would skate and sometimes I would just hold onto the truck and I would let (laughs) the truck just wheel me through It was fun. The other hair-raising time that everybody else experienced was the horses. The horses.
1: So just to set the scene, we go to the beach. It's actually, I think it's like, it was a holiday. I think it was um, Eid. So Mm. we sort of passed crowds of people dressed up. It was a really beautiful day. Then we go down to the beach and there are horses. Like it sounds so random and it was, but actually I think that Horses on the beach are a thing in Accra. It's sort of kind of great, right? To see these young people riding horses. Mm. And for me, that was just a, like, I took an intake of breath. I was like, wow, like, as if this place couldn't be more cool. Like, yeah, yeah, there's...
4: yeah.
1: I wouldn't have wanted to be surrounded by them.
4: I don't know <laughs> Necessarily. <why> I just <laughs> felt very safe. And I have no idea why there's no reason for me to feel safe in that situation but I did Mm. the horses were going round and it's only when I saw Malik's little video that I realized how close very close yes because everybody was like Michaela there was a moment where it looked like the horse was going to crash into you and I was just busy doing vogue I was like let me just (laughs) let me just channel my my you know madons (laughs) let me just be voguing while the horses were literally like grazing the hairs on my back I didn't know I just felt... I think the adrenaline of the fact that it was happening, Mm. that we were shooting for Vogue in Ghana, I was grinning the whole time. I Mm. think after the first day, I cried. I was Mm. just like, for this to be happening is incredible. Mm. And I generally, you know, as I say, I don't process things. But I think when we wrapped on that day, I did. And it mm. filled me with, I was overwhelmed. I'm getting teary now just talking about it. I was so thankful, which is why I was willing to do any and everything (laughs) how many looks do we want to do I'll do all of them we are going to find a way where am I changing am I changing in the middle of this market hiding behind a car door
1: it wasn't very glamorous I will say you are hiding behind a car door getting changed I mean the look was was major yeah I I have to say it was it was really special being there with you and seeing you in that mode Mm. because you feel it so I wanted to ask you about what's next for you Looking back, you've had an amazing year, you know. Looking back, what are some of the things that you're thinking, I want to bring into the new year, like I want to think about this, and what are the things that no longer serve
4: you? There's things I probably want to do less, Mm. and there's things I want to do more. What do you want to do more of? Yeah, what do I want to do more of? I, I definitely miss my alone time Mm. so this period is definitely a I'm outside period yes there's I'm (laughs) outside and I'm maxing out the outsideness Mm. because I know next year is going to be very work focused and it requires me to again extract myself from being social Mm. um So that I can move forward with my stories, which I'm excited about. It's just quite nice to take the focus off of my own life and think about somebody else's for a while. It feels like it's been a very Michaela-centric year or two for me and I've loved it. I also shy away from it being a Brit and being Ghanaian. <laughs>
1: the combo is tough. The combo is tough,
4: <laughs> you know. I want to just constantly bow my head and avert my eyes <laughs> from, from anybody looking at me. Um, but I've I've been told, you know, especially by my mum, to try and process what's happening and recognize I still struggle. There's a reason that's happening. So the reasons I've clung to (laughs) to keep my sanity is that if I was young, if I was just me now, to see me, Mm. someone like me, on the cover of Vogue or in Black Panther or, you know, just in this platform, I'm getting teary, Mm. uh, would probably have really changed the narrative that I had built for myself growing up which is that I am not beautiful why would anybody ever want me to go on television I have an ugly face why would I ever be there there's all these um horrible tales that we tell ourselves when we're not visible mm. so to possibly be part of changing that is really beautiful yeah it's so beautiful
1: I mean the response honestly the people the, the comments the you know how many people were so grateful mm-hmm. and so excited, and it feels it felt like such a warm moment. And how many warm moments do we get on the internet? I know you're not on social media, so I missed the whole you thing. That's are the other thing. Na,
4: yeah. na. I don't know what's happening. So like my,
1: I know. I I yeah. was thinking about that as all of the messages and seeing the commentary
4: and just like oh god I hope Michaela feels the love like I can actually feel it I can mm, feel the love I actually do which is maybe more special than than seeing the comments I feel it in my soul
1: I'm so glad and thank you so much this is wonderful
4: always great thanks for having (laughs) me Gemma
1: The Run Through Vogue is a production of Condé Nast Entertainment
0: if you enjoyed our show please take a moment to rate review and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts
1: and please tell your friends
0: and enemies (laughs) If you want to get in touch with us, send us a note to therunthru at vogue.com. We'd love to hear from you. I'm Chloe Mal. And I'm Cheminotti. Bye. Bye. Hey, listeners, Chloe here. If you need to stay as up to date with the latest developments and innovations in the luxury industry as I do, you need to dive into Vogue Business. It's your ticket to a global perspective on fashion and beauty, delivering exclusive insights that will give you the edge in this competitive, dynamic industry. Just visit VogueBusiness.com today and use the code RUN20 at checkout to join the Vogue Business community. That's VogueBusiness.com, promo
1: code RUN20. Don't miss out.